Hello and welcome to the Side Hustle Success Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Haunts, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Taylor. This is a show for anyone who has a product or business idea and wants to go full-time on it eventually, or maybe you already have. This is a show about product design, entrepreneurs, freelancers, contractors, free agents, digital nomads, and anything in between. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to deal with criticism. Yeah, it could be, it could be an interesting one. Which is uh, always something that's quite horrible, but let's, let's tackle it head on. Okay. First of all, what have you been up to? Um, we've launched um, a beta stubble calculator, which which is nice. So we've done like a soft launch. We're going to email it. Well, by soft launch, wise, we, we put it on the website. We've not told anybody about it. Okay. But then we're going to send out an email to tell people it's there and then ask for feedback. Um, so that's, that's good. So it's good to get another another tool out there. So we just keep plugging along. Keep so what's the start wall? Is that where like, you've got a big room and you try and split it into two walls yeah, and put, it's, like, um, put a wooden frame up. Is it that sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a wall that's built out of timber posts, you know, okay. a regular sensors, and then you have plasterboard or noggins or whatever between it. But sometimes they can be load-bearing elements as well, so they carry okay. load as well. So it's just a, a calculator to work out whether the stud wall will carry a, a load on it. Oh, interesting, know. okay. So, so we've, we've done that. Um, but that, yeah, that was, that's another tool I've done. It looks nice as well on the website, so we've done that. Um, the other thing I'm trying is, um, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I'm giving up coffee for like January, or generally caffeine. Giving up coffee? I know, it's oh like, God. I know in the tech world, I, I should be I should be shunned and, and like sent to go and work in the woods or something, I don't know. Well, but uh, yeah, I'm just trying it for a month just to see you know, okay. whether it helps my sleep or whether it makes me feel any different or not. You know? Yeah, you know, I drink a lot of coffee, but I don't drink it in the afternoon, so. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it, it's probably okay if you just have one or two, you know, two, you know, two or three or one or two. It depends how strong it is, doesn't it? You know. Well, I tend to make a pot of it in the morning. So when yeah. I get into the office and I drink that in the morning, afternoon don't really have anything. But at home, me and my wife mostly drink decaf. Yeah, I think, I think that, oh dear, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's probably rolling their eyes at the minute, but yeah, no, no, that's, decaf that's instant. No, that's, that's fine, you know. I, we have like decaf tea bags. I mean, when Linda was pregnant, we, we just had like decaf tea bags. I kind of got used to the habit of it mm. a little little bit. But um, but what I noticed that one day when I stopped drinking coffee, it's like the next day, I, like for two days, I was like, I had like a headache. I thought this isn't good. It's like, you know, it's like deep, you know, like withdrawal symptoms. Okay. Have you ever been like, you know, on the days you don't drink coffee, do you notice it or? I don't think I have, not that I can think of. No, you're probably okay then. Perhaps it's just, perhaps I'm, I'm not, it's not good for my but system. I've never tried to give coffee up for a prolonged amount of time. Yeah, I think after a couple of days it was fine, but I think initially, okay, some people get this, you know, where they, if they drink a lot of coffee, then they just stop all of a sudden. You get like this kind of like headache. No, I've never had that, frankly. But so I, I do yeah. tend to drink a lot of decaf as well. So probably just depends on the strength of coffee you have and how yeah. much you have, you know. But um, So yeah, I've, I've done that. I'm just going to give it a whirl for a month and see how it goes. But I've started having like, just having water or have like lemon and ginger, you know, herbal tea, stuff okay. like that, you know, so that's quite nice. Or I might have decaf tea or a bit of milk or something like that, you know. The problem I've always found is I prefer coffee to be fairly sweet, so I normally put sweetener in. Oh, but dear. Okay. Since I've been following this Fast 800 thing, you can't have sweetener either. Oh, okay. Because it, oh, it tricks okay. your body into thinking that you've got sugar in it, even though it isn't sugar. Oh, which, okay. which kind of screws up the whole ketogenic thing. Does it, oh, so you just have to have sort of neat, neat, neat black, black coffee. coffee, which is... Which everyone says, oh, well, after a while you get used to it. So I don't know when that I period's going to come. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to have, like, years ago, I used to have sugar and tea and stuff and then just stopped having it and you just kind of get used to it, don't you? It's kind of strange. You my favourite my favorite is honey in black sugar, but that's just as bad as sugar. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it's been not good. So I'm finding that hard to get used to, but... Um, but I'm, I'm trying as an experiment anyway, so just to give up caffeine for a month and see what happens, but I'll let you know if there's a, a if it's positive or, or whether it makes any difference or not. I think... 
I think I don't think coffee's actually that bad to be honest. Perhaps if you just have one or two, you know, cups in the morning, I'm yeah. sure it's I'm sure it's fine. But cool. Well, uh, for me then. So as people are listening to this, I'll be in Oslo teaching a workshop, living it up. So whilst I'm here, I'm not actually here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. We're probably living it up, waiting through lots of snow. It's normally quite snowy. Is it? Will, it? will it be bad? Do you know if it's bad now or? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the time shift is doing my head in. It, it probably will be. They, they, they do tend to have quite a lot of snow. Like a good, got a couple of foot of snow, or what is it? Or just... In the in the city itself, probably half a foot to a foot. Really? Yeah, I'll yeah. Then yeah, yeah. Well, it can get quite slushy. Uh, but then next week I'm at NDC London. So I fly back on the Saturday morning. I spend a few days at home and get the train down to London. Okay, yeah, yeah. NDC London, which I'm really looking forward to. Some what's what's NDC stand for? What's that? It, but uh, I think it's Norwegian Developer Conference. Is it? Because okay. it used to, their their main conference used to just be in Oslo. It used to be like in June. Yeah. At the Spectrum Arena in Oslo, but they've branched out so much now. I mean, they do Oslo, London, Porto in Portugal, Minnesota. Well, it's going to be Minneapolis this year. Sydney and Melbourne. Okay. So they're getting, so it's they're, international. They're getting, oh, they're getting... Oh, they're getting the Copenhagen name, I think, as they? well. They'll change the name. Else. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're a massive, massive conference company. Wow. But run by a really small group of people, which is quite amazing. So I think there's like a handful of people that actually work for NDC conferences. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yet they yeah. put all these events on. It's quite impressive. Lovely bunch of people as well. Cool. Um, so what I want to do kind of early Feb time, but I want to spend a bit of time working on some Skillshare courses. Uh, I think I said in the last episode I wanted to do 15 this year, so I'm going to try and get a couple done in February. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Have you got like a schedule then of like, you know, doing a couple each month? Not a strict schedule. I think some months I'll probably do more than others. Yeah. There's a limit on Skillshare, you can only upload one course a week. Ah, okay. So you can't just, you can't just go and absolutely spam it with, with content. Ah, okay, yeah. Which I think it's probably a good thing. But I want to try and get a couple done in February, which I've already got planned out. Uh, the second half of part two of my book is pretty much ready to go over to my editor. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. So that may or may not have happened by the time you listen to this. There you go. Uh, but yeah, things are going good. Um, so January has been mostly sort of getting ready for the start of the conference season. Ah, uh, yeah, he said, yeah, he said he got sort of all those conferences lined up, so yeah. So yeah, lots of, lots of good stuff going on. Okay. So we have a couple of audience questions. So one is from Fran, so this one kind of felt quite relevant to what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I self-published a book, and the reviews are quite good on the whole, but I had some bad reviews, which are soul-crushing. How do you feel about bad reviews? Oh, it's, this, is a, this is a tricky one, because you, you have to find you could have like 100 good reviews, but you only get like one bad review, and you tend to just focus on that one yeah. bad review. I mean, I know it's you've got to kind of just move on from them, you know, except some people. Yeah, I mean, you, can't, you can't please everyone. I mean, I've done stuff where people have left bad reviews because they don't I like know, it. Just I mean, some, there's some strange people out there as well. You know, I've had people, I've had people on Plural site leave me bad reviews because I've got a British accent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, what can you do? There's not much you can do about that, is there? You yeah. know, it's just, it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's ridiculous. Sometimes you see people's reviews and sometimes I discredit them because they've said something that doesn't sound right or, you know, or... If someone's just leaves a bad review and they're an arsehole, then I ignore it. Yeah, quite often it's like, if it's a very short review, like, you know, and it doesn't really say anything, you know, you, you often just sort of like write it off, don't you? Or if someone leaves any constructive feedback, I mean, we'll get onto this later in the, in the, um, in the episode, but I mean, if someone leaves something that's constructive, then I'll consider I, it. I, hate to, you, I think with time you do become hardened to this kind of mm. thing, don't you? Where it becomes, I think it's the first 
if it's just the first bad review you've ever had, it's kind of harder to deal with than if you've if you've kind of experienced and you know if you've had like hundreds of good reviews and just that one bad one, you know. Yeah, it's, it's think, important to not let, let that. It sounds a bit cliche, you. but when you produce something that's going to go out into the wide world, produce it for you. Only put it out when you're happy happy with it. Yeah. If it's something yeah. that you're happy with, and other people don't like it. Yeah. So so be it. Yeah. Sodom. <laughs> Yeah, as long as yeah, as long as you believe, you know what you've done is is good. You know, I've had obviously we've had because um, we've done obviously products that we do like the steel beam calculator, the timber beam calculator. Had a bit of kickback from like structural engineers and stuff saying, you know, they they don't like, you don't agree with what we're doing, you know. And and so this people years ago, and it's sort of like history sort of proven us right a little bit. It wasn't yeah. an issue. And yeah, it's because they feel threatened because you're yeah, perhaps. So you got to think sometimes why is the what's the motive for the bad review? Is it a competitor or is it mm. you know what? Some people, some people, I hate to say it, some people are just jerks. You kind of got to, got to just accept that. And there's not much you can do about it, is there, really? You know, you just got to, yeah. I mean, you, get that, you look at often a lot of these sort of internet troll type people, and they, when they actually look, you know, when they do the research and hunt them down, and they, they, you know, and you sort of people that are kind of struggling in life a little bit, you know, they're not always the best of people, are they? And that's just, that's just, yeah. I mean, I've found, you know, people like on Twitter, people acting one way on Twitter, but there's actually no way on earth they'll talk to you like that to your face. I know, yeah, it's strange. Yeah, I've had a, like, a few negative comments on like forums and stuff, but it's always forums where it's like anonymous forums, so you don't know who's posting these comments. And, yeah, that's the worst. And I think that's that's bad because it kind of, be, you know, people say stuff they wouldn't say to your face, you know, or wouldn't say to another human being. It's kind of a bit... Yeah, but in terms of how, how do I deal with bad reviews, like if, if they make a, if they say they don't like it, but they make a good point as to why, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to it. But if no one else is making that point, I might I might not act on it. Yeah, if several people make the same comment, then I'll try and do something about it. Yeah, if, if you say like if you get um, loads of good reviews and then just one bad review, you shouldn't give that you know twice as much weight as as all the other good reviews. Which is easier said than done because it is like an icy dagger going through your heart. Yeah, happens, yeah. But... I think it's important to to just put it into perspective, isn't it, and just say. Plus, as well, I mean, I do a lot of self-publishing stuff, and I think you know, so, someone might leave a review, and I think sometimes they forget that maybe this is actually just a single individual working on these things and not a big corporation. Yeah, because a lot of people do. will you know quite happily have a go at a massive company yeah it seems quite impersonal doesn't it yeah, yeah. but then yeah, a... some things we do it's like it's not a big company it's just one person yeah yeah Sit, sitting realize. in a room in rural Derbyshire yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah okay so uh, next question is from someone who designed it as Doc maybe a doctor Doc, but it's a doctor yeah that'd, that'd be cool having distinguished doctors listening to us yeah uh, after so many years, does running your business start to feel like just another daily grind, like a full-time job? Um, not really, no. Yeah. I'd say not. No, not, not yet, anyway. I, I think it, I think it, it's just different, isn't it? I think it's a different kind of approach, different mentality, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think um, if, you know, if you're doing a job, I mean, you're you're, you know, you're grinding away, doing a daily grind, basically putting money into someone else's pocket. Yeah. Whereas when you do it for yourself... I think it's just the you, freedom. You the yeah, it's just it. different, isn't it? I think uh, some days you, you still have to do stuff you don't want to do. Like nobody wants to perhaps do like accounts or bookkeeping or anything like that, do they? There's certain things that we just don't like doing, you know, and that are a grind. So stuff like it depends what you're doing. But if it's like coming up with new product ideas or something, that's that's really fun yeah. and it doesn't feel like a job at all. That, that's just like that's like a dream job isn't it but there's other parts of it that aren't fun you know like having to deal with some of the admin stuff the yeah. business admin stuff I mean I've had some days where it just feels like a grind and then at that point I just think do you know what I'm just going to write today off and just go do something else yeah I've, yeah, done, that, that's I've, done, it, I've done that a few times that's the advantage <clears> of when you do your own thing you have that freedom don't you to, to just 
change and do different things, you know. So, yeah, perhaps perhaps you could do perhaps you do the things you don't. You know, some days you just have to grind out some of the things you don't want to have to do, and then other days you just get to chill out. So yeah, I must admit, doing the accounting is my least favourite part. Yeah, so it's just an example, but you know, there's there's lots of other things that it might not be your passion in life. You know, but as a business owner, you have to do those, don't you? But um, and those days do feel like it's a job, doesn't it? You know, but generally it doesn't. Though I think they're just they're one offs. I think if it does start to feel where it's a grind every day, you perhaps you've got to think. Do something else. Yeah, perhaps it's time to reassess what you're doing and think. You know, can I? I don't know. I don't think it's any shame in having a day job. Personally, I don't. Don't know. I don't, don't think it's a good or a bad thing. You know, I, I never had any intention of running my own business at all. Yeah. Until the, the opportunity kind of it kind of fell in front of me. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So let's look at today's topic. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk a bit more about sort of dealing with criticism because when you do have a business where you're producing something that other people are going to use, so in yeah. my case, courses and books, in your case, uh, you've got the software services that you run. Yeah. You are going to face criticism. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Good and bad. Natural, yeah. Because not all criticism is bad. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about it. A lot of this is based on an article that I published on my blog uh, last year. Since we'd say last year, it was only a week ago. Yeah, uh, I think November time or December. I put it. I can't remember when I put it out, but it was about dealing with criticism. I thought it'd be interesting just to talk through through some of the points because I've had to deal with criticism before. Yeah, as, you, know, you just yeah, said you have as well. Yeah, it's just the nature of business, isn't it? But I think you know, criticism generally falls into three three categories. You've got friendly, which is where typically it might be you know, family or friends. Okay, yeah, who you know. They're not normally going to say anything bad about what you're doing. <laughs> Thanks for buying my Less than my family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean your mum wasn't your first <laughs> subscriber? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and then, you know, the next category is you kind of got objective criticism, which is where someone is criticising what you're doing, but they're doing it in a way which is to help you grow. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that's my favourite type because that's, yeah, that's, that's where you actually That's learn. always the most beneficial, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I don't like this because blah blah blah. I'll do it like this. Here's an example of where it's done well. Yeah, that, that's kind of kind of useful. The one I hate, which I think is the one everyone hates, is the more of the hostile criticism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise known as spending time on Twitter or Reddit. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems to be where you get the darker darker places on the internet. Oh, I think Twitter's the bridge that all the trolls live under. Mm. Yeah. So friendly. Criticism, you know, the good stuff, nice comments from people. Um, generally, you know, well-mannered or well-intended. In, well yeah. Objective criticism, you know, useful feedback on how you can improve things. And then yeah. hostile, which is just generally where you get all your, your horrible uh, trolls. Yeah, the trolls. And then when it comes to actual criticizers, you know, I was doing some research, you know, and there's, there's kind of four types of criticizers. <laughs> Critics. So you've got critics, haters, frenemies, and lovers. Okay. In, in the Plutonic sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're, not we're not talking about boyfriends and girlfriends. Okay. So um, critics, you know, these are the people who tend to be, you know, these so-called experts in their field who just love to wade in and uh, dump on anything you've done. Yeah. You say, you say experts as in people who think they're experts or, yeah. or not necessarily are experts. Yeah, so you know, they, they focus on your work, but really what they focus on is what you've done wrong. That's kind of the only thing that they, they focus on. Yeah, they, well, the, the, so they quite often pick on something quite unimportant or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, often, they, they, they can do, but I mean, 
There are people who want to come across as being experts when they're not necessarily an expert. Or maybe they are an expert and just horrible. <laughs> just not nice experts. But these would be the people out there. If you write a book on something or an article on something, they're the, uh, the people who might write a comment and go, well, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> the, the well, actually gang. Have, uh, um, encountered do you think sometimes they're, that's helpful, though? Isn't, or can they be helpful, you know, some of the feedback they might... They can be or, if it's constructive. Yeah. Or, uh, or what do we call it a minute ago? Objective. Um, yeah, but if they're, if they're just openly hostile, there's probably not much you can get gain from that, though, is there? Or? Not really. I mean, that, that kind of falls into the next one, which is haters. So these yeah. are the people who just criticise things just to get a reaction. And this is kind of what you see on Twitter quite a lot. Oh, uh, well, they're just trying to, yeah, like, um, rile somebody just to get a reaction because they think yeah. it's funny, you know, or, yeah. But isn't in isn't in any way constructive. Yeah, I tend to call them keyboard warriors. Keyboard warriors, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hide behind the keyboard, yeah. I mean, the, 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 I think sometimes you just haven't. In some ways, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because it's like all things in life. You, so if you hear the, the term, you know, don't feed the trolls, you know, yeah. it's, you know, don't don't react to them because that, that's what they want, isn't it? They want you to react and have an argument with you for no. I've run into people like that. I mean. Originally, I tried to use Twitter for its like intended. I'm focusing on Twitter because that's what I've got most yeah, experience yeah. with, and I know Reddit can be particularly bad for this as well. But you know, I, I tried to use Twitter where you use it as a way of engaging with people and having discussions, you know, adult discussions with people. Yeah. And then people just you'll write something which is fairly you think is fairly reasonable, and then you'll just get someone launch at you. But, they, but because one person's launched at you, a lot of other people feel like they can then wade in. No, it ends yeah. up that you might have like about you know twenty people just writing vitriolic comments about you. Oh god! Yeah. I mean, I've only had, had that happen a few times. I mean, uh, Troy Hunt, who we um, interviewed on the show last year, I and mean, he's had loads of this because he's got such a big profile on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, probably more. more he, he's had a lot of this, he? and he's started actually sort of pulling back from Twitter quite a lot. Yeah. So now, I mean, my 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 personal relationship with Twitter's changed. For me, it's a business tool. I use it. So the I'm now assuming the people that follow me. Are there to know what I'm yeah. doing. So if I release something, I'll post about it on there, and then I'll retweet the odd funny picture of a dog doing something. Yeah, it just makes you wonder about somebody that would go out of their way to take time to <coughs> say something nasty about somebody else. That somebody that probably don't even really know that well. You know, it, it seems strange to me. You know, it's almost a waste of their time, isn't it? You know, yeah, I think people do it for fun. Um, apparently, I mean, I've, n- I've never experienced this on YouTube, but a lot of people. That I've spoken to who run reasonably successful YouTube channels, so they get this all the time where people just I'll leave comments launch at you for no particular reason at all. Then it's just fun just to try and ruin someone's day. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah, that's, I mean, it, yeah. it can be quite bad on YouTube. So I've not experienced that personally because my channel is pretty much non existent on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it's but just more of a place. If, if it was if you were big on YouTube, you'd expect to get a lot of a lot of abuse, basically. Yeah, so they're so haters, you know, they're. They're the ones you want to really try and avoid. But also, another one that's quite bad is frenemies. Yeah. So they're the people that, you know, to your face. Yeah, I think you know what I'm It's the people, you know, yeah, to your face, they're really, really nice. But then behind your back, they're kind of talking about you, criticizing you. And it's sort of like, I mean, that's why the advantage of being self employed is that you don't get this so much. Are you talking more in workplaces where you'd work with people that would like that or? Yeah, I mean, in, in toxic workplaces, that can be quite prevalent, you know, where someone's nice to your face, but then starts gossiping about you behind your yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, that's more where I've come across that. Not so much now I've been self-employed, but I mean, do you get this, I mean, do you get this issue with, with uh, if it's something that you've had or? 
in what I do, not in what I do now, no. But more, more in a work. I've worked, I've worked in some environments that are really sort of quite toxic, and they're normally companies that are sort of sliding down the skids. Yeah, about, yeah. About perhaps this whole, business. perhaps this whole culture where that you know that's part of the culture of the place that it's become like that. And I worked for one games company, uh, quite a popular games company earlier in my career. And you have people on the team on this particular project which are perfectly nice to you to your face but then behind the scenes they were trying to do each other over to get a sl- higher slice of the royalty share no, okay, okay. on these particular products it was that was probably the most eye-opening thing for me because uh, I've, ne- I've never experienced that before yeah how unpleasant people could be yeah yeah and then the last type of criticizer is what I've got written down here is lovers plutonic of course these, these are the people that are genuinely you know want you to succeed yeah so families friends tend to be like this Okay. The people where you know they'll give you constructive feedback because they want to see you do well. Sometimes that's almost bad in a way, isn't it? It's like you know, have you read the book? I've not read it, but I've kind of half read it. The mom test book where you go and interview no, people. Well, the idea is that with the mom test, if you ask your mom, she'll say, "Oh, your products or book or whatever is great," you know, mm. um, because they're your mom, you know. But sometimes that's not always helpful. So sometimes when you need to ask people, you need to get the truth out of them, don't you? So sometimes it's not always good to ask for feedback from oh, family yeah, friends. Absolutely. So you're tell you what you want to hear sometimes and not actually the truth yeah no absolutely I mean um, a lot of stuff I do I mean I very rarely get try and get comments off of family and friends yeah yeah because they they get to say oh, <coughs> that's great that's because it's yours you know they're not getting perhaps be as honest with you it, it, it could be the absolute biggest steaming pile of something or other yeah but a friend in. might say oh yeah that's great just because they're your friend not because it's um, and they like you but not necessarily what you've done um I do tend to find though, I think with comments, you know, where you see, like when I look at reviews on say Amazon or whatever, you know, sometimes if they're a one line, quite negative review that nobody's really put any thought into, I kind of discredit those a little bit. Hmm. So sometimes it's a criticism. If it's something to give you quite a detailed and then explained in detail, you know, why, what's wrong. Sometimes I take, give them more credit, you know, it's sometimes the way that they put it forward, you know, do you, are you like that? Are you a bit with feedback, you know, and criticism that you perhaps, if somebody's yeah. carefully considered and understood what you'd done. Yeah, I mean, if it's constructive and yeah. objective, then yeah, I'm, 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 I'm quite fine with people criticising things if they're trying to do it to help you. I mean, even those can be quite hurtful, you know, at the start, but I think you do kind of realise, oh, yeah, that these people are trying to help you, you know. So it's important, isn't it, to think, you know, about sometimes it's just like a one-line, you know, a sentence of abuse or something, you know. It's, that's something just being a jerk, isn't it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing quite as nice as working a year on something and then, have someone dump <laughs> yeah 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 like a one line a one you know literally they you put a whole year of work to they put like literally one second into it you know or a couple of seconds into what they're what they've put and perhaps if they put a really measured response you know you can just tell can't you, you mm. know that you give it more weight you know I well think i think if someone's prepared to go and write a you know 500 to a thousand word review on amazon that you know, they probably are trying to be helpful. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Cause, probably cause that, good, that, that, that takes know. time to do yeah somebody's obviously thought about it you know you can kind of you can understand that. Yeah, so what's the best way of dealing with criticism? I guess is one one question we can look at. And I think everyone's going to deal with criticism in different ways and everyone's anxiety levels are going to be different based yeah. off of it or stress levels. I mean, I guess one way you can think of it is just keeping an open mind and actually listening to what someone's saying. It's like you said, if someone actually takes the time to... Yeah, to respond to, to you, yeah. To spend, you know, maybe half an hour, an hour to write a review to you. And that, that that's probably worth paying attention to. Yeah, rather than something that's literally just, you know, put a few a few seconds into it. I think uh, 
a good technique, and I've had to use this before as well, is actually sometimes it can be very easy just to, if someone writes something bad, just to launch a reply back to them. Especially, yeah. especially if they're being nasty on like, Twitter or something like I that. Mean, yeah, that's, 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 if they're just a troll, that's what they're trying to achieve, isn't it? Just to get a reaction, aren't they? Sometimes. It's always, it's always just, worth just like taking your hands off the keyboard and maybe going for a five minute walk before you respond. Yeah, or even longer, give it a day, you know, or however long you need, you know, I wouldn't, uh, or sometimes it's about thinking, is it actually even worth responding to? If somebody's just being a troll, you know, sometimes about just ignoring them. Oh, if, it's if, if, if it's someone just being horrible, then yeah, you just ignore them. Yeah. So don't feed the trolls. Mm. Um, but yeah, generally, I mean, I've had people criticise stuff on books before or courses and then you know generally I will try and use it to to do something better next time. That's constructive feedback yeah. So for an example so I've got a course called how to run effective meetings yeah it was one that Pluralsight commissioned me to do back in 2015 so this is when I was still employed. Okay yeah. And you know it's a fairly entry-level course it's about how to effectively run and plan meetings and how to do minute taking properly and stuff like that. Okay yeah. yeah. And you know, I, was, I was always quite proud of the course, but I was quite new at it then, so the recording and the pacing of it wasn't as nice as what I'd like. Yeah, not as and, polished and as I had, do now. I had some people give me um, feedback as well, saying that it felt like I was talking too fast, which is probably because I cut out too many gaps between words. It felt like I was saying things a bit too quickly. Uh, okay, yeah. So, you know, I've recently re-recorded it and sort of taken some of those things into account. I spoke slower. I made sure there's more gaps between sentences. Yeah, yeah. I so really you, reviewed, took on, you took on board some of that constructive I didn't have feedback. to do this. All, all Pluralsight wanted me to do was change the branding to the modern branding. But yeah. I actually sort of reviewed the scripts. I cut a load of stuff out, which is a bit wordy, I thought. I okay, simplified yeah, yeah. some stuff. And probably actually reduced the course size by about 15 minutes. Oh, but okay, yeah. yeah but it's still much improved, though. But it's the same content, because I'm, I'm better at producing them now. Mm. So, you know, using some objective and constructive feedback to actually improve things later down the line is... Yeah, it's good. It's good. That, that's that's good feedback, though, isn't it? Where, where you can go away and improve upon some of the earlier doing. some of the earlier books that I self-published because I self-publish them through Amazon's KDP platform. Yeah, it means I've got the ability to then go back and if I want to change something, that I can do. So I have done some small amendments to the book just based on feedback. Cool. Yeah. So next, I'd say go easy on yourself as well because it's very easy to get upset. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had it before where it can like almost like ruin your day. You have somebody can write something negative somewhere, and it can it can ruin a whole not ruin you. It can yeah, it literally can ruin your day. I think, especially at the start when you're just starting out. I think it's that's hard, isn't it? Yeah, and you're not used to that kind of criticism. You know, it is hard. I think it takes a fair bit of mental conditioning to get yeah. into that mindset. I mean, it's, when I when I release my blockchain course, it's my highest rated course. Yeah, on Pluralsight. Yeah, you know, I posted about it on Twitter and someone wrote back, blockchains are pointless, this course is rubbish. They're not, they're not watched it. Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. They just didn't like the subject. They just didn't agree with blockchain or something. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's why it's important to, I think you do get hardened to these kind of things as well over time. It's almost, I know it's harsh, but you do kind of um, get less, you know, after the first couple of, bad criticisms you know you, you don't take it as hard the next time you know it's you kind of get used to it. and as you say like when you that, that person said oh they didn't like blockchain you know you can't not that's not your fault is it yeah. you know it's like you can't take these things too personally sometimes you know but I mean if someone does leave you a comment and you do decide to reply I think it's normally good to express gratitude 
Oh, so, okay. so you, you kind of come across as the bigger person in a way. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, thank, thank you for your comments. I'll, I'll take this under consideration. Yeah. I think that's true. Sometimes, obviously, we, we do email support, so sometimes you kind of do have to be a bit like that. You know, if, you, if something's gone wrong, you kind of have to, you know, or if somebody's being harsh, you could have to thank them for pointing it out to you. Or, I know it's, it's tricky, isn't it? It's hard. It depends what it is, isn't it? I think each of these has a context, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we can look at you know, some specific techniques for for the different types of people. So critics, haters, frenemies, and lovers. So, so if we're looking at dealing with critics, I mean, these are, as you said, these are the people that come across as, as experts. Expert, expert critics, allegedly. These, these can be a bit tricky, these ones. I mean, sometimes they can come across as being negative for the sake of being negative. But yeah. actually what they're saying could be valid. Yeah. Or, or they could just be negative people. These can be quite hard to deal with, I think. I remember um worked at one company and there's one guy on the team who shall remain anonymous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but he was one of these people that was just like constantly negative about everything. Nothing was good. Ah, uh, okay, I'm never gonna win, yeah. That was just his yeah. personality, yeah. You know, you, you go to the canteen for lunch and instead of saying, oh, that was a nice burger, it's like, there'd be some criticism about oh, it. Oh, so, yeah, even if it was a really good burger, there'd be something that wasn't quite great about it. It could have been the best burger in the world, but you might have not liked the bun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get and it's, it's kind of difficult to know what to do about those people. I mean, I guess just, just listen to what I think you just to need to pick out the things that, that they're right on, you know, and then improve those bits and the other bits just kind of just ignore. Yeah. You know? A lot of time critics or people who are experts in their field will have a good point. Sometimes I think the way they come across is probably a bit, a yeah. bit off, but actually they could have, have a good point. So I think you just need to treat that on a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah, just look at the bits you can improve and just, just ignore the bits you can't. I think when dealing with haters, you know, the people on social media who just want to cut you down for no good reason at all, I think the best thing to do is just ignore those. Yeah, if it's somebody who's who's just trolling you, basically, yeah, just just ignore those. Um, I think that's what they want, they just want a reaction, don't they? They want to have an argument with somebody. Well, yeah, they, they, they deliberately try and roll certain groups of people up. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I fly quite under the radar on Twitter. I've never really gotten past two and a half thousand followers, which is tiny. Yeah, yeah. But I've never really tried to grow it either, just because I can't be bothered with it too much. Mm. Whereas people who are more in, in the spotlights, so like Troy that I was saying before, he's well over a hundred thousand followers, probably maybe nearly two hundred. So people, and because he's quite well known in his field, he's also a bit of a target. Yeah, I think you'd be, yeah, you probably do at that level become a target. Yeah, just the, there's more opportunity for people to yeah to have a go. So I mean, just ignore them. You know, their feedback's just completely counterproductive. Yeah. Uh, the same with frenemies, you know, the people that, you know, might be quite nice to your face, but then talk about you or criticise you or your products or work behind your back. I mean, these people are just no good for you. Yeah, yeah, they're just, uh, I mean, I mean, if somebody's, it depends how it is, but if they're really, if it's really bad, perhaps that you should consider whether you work or be friends with those or whatever. Yeah, it, it can be harder people. in the workplace because you still have to work with them sometimes. Yeah. I think I think it's just don't take it personally, isn't it? And um, you know, just think: are they are they good friends? You know, if 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 they're people that you don't have to work with, you know, or or be friends with, you know, you, you need to think: is it really worth it? You know. Mm. And the last one, yeah, we're talking about the the lovers or the people who generally want you to do well. I mean, whilst their feedback isn't necessarily as useful because they're always going to say what you do is good generally yeah, yeah i think they are handy to have around or have people that are like that because if someone 
does give you some bad comments. Sometimes it can be quite nice just to go and talk to these people that are going to say nice <laughs> things about you. Yeah, perhaps, yeah. Um, sometimes you do occasionally people that speak, you know, truth to power, yeah, this, or, you know, where they'll tell you inconvenient truths sometimes, you know, or tell you things you don't want to hear, you know, so it's got to be a bit careful, isn't it? You want to occasionally have a bit of yeah, I think my, my wife's probably very much like that. I don't know about yours. I mean, if I was to get her to read anything I've done, she probably would criticise it. Oh, she would. Oh, well, she, she's she's quite direct in that way. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I know my wife is. Uh, Not in a horrible way, way, but I've, so I think if I was to get my wife to read a lot of my books, she would probably yeah give, give me no, constructive criticism. But she hasn't got time to do no, that. No, anyway. I was quite opinionated, so I think she would she would have something to say. You know, if something wasn't right, she'd just tell me. I guess one of the key messages from this episode is you know that you're. If you do kind of any kind of job, hobby or whatnot, where you're putting something out into the big wide world, it could be a product, a book, it could be a software as a service solution, yeah, it could be a blog post. You know, you're you're always going to get criticism. So I think the best thing to do is to be mindful of the types of criticism. Yeah, try and have a look at the people that are doing the criticizing. So if it's someone that you know, you know, are they someone who's always negative? Yeah, yeah. And whilst it, you know, it can be very bad or you can feel horrible to get nasty criticism sometimes or bad criticism you need to kind of evaluate where it's coming from what it is and how it's delivered because mm. a lot of the time you can just ignore it you're never going to please everyone yeah some people just are jerks and they're just not worth your time you know i mean if you take something that's like hugely successful so the harry potter book series for example you know one of the most beloved book series that's out there yeah yeah go on Amazon and filter by one or two star reviews, you get some people launching some absolutely horrific stuff at Jenkins. Really? I don't know. I don't even have, well, you should, a little exercise, you should go and have a look yeah, at some of the yeah, reviews on Harry Potter. Yeah, it seems quite innocuous, really. Why, why would somebody that have that much of an opinion on a on a wizard book, you know, or whatever? But he's <laughs> yeah. saying that. Have you seen some of the criticisms for the uh, new Star Wars film that came out? No, no. Christmas? Did you see it at all? No, I'm not seeing it, no. no. Yeah. Is, is it good, though, or...? You were one of the criticisers, were you? <laughs> I, I thought it was all right. It had problems, but yeah. I think the whole trilogy's had problems, to be fair. But yeah, it is what it is, yeah. No, but some people are passionate, shall we say. Oh, they are, yeah, yeah. We yeah. some of the stuff online, it's like, oh my God, it's just a film. <laughs> yeah, I know people lose perspective a little bit, don't they, sometimes, yeah. But that Harry Potter, you know, is like, surprised anybody yeah. really... I think you know, the time to give criticism. The, the bigger you are in terms of success, I think probably the more criticism you're going to get. It might be jealousy a little. I hate to say it. Yeah, hate to say it. Yeah, you got some. I think the motives of these kind of people. Why? Why is it they? So I assume we don't. I don't. I don't know about. I don't really get that many haters because I'm not. You know, if I was Bill Gates or something, I can see. Or Mark Zuckerberg, I can see why they get so yeah. many haters. I think a lot of time is people's jealousy, isn't it? It's interesting what you're saying about people um, criticising just kind of the premise of your product. It's probably because they probably provide a personal service to Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's architects. And they they probably charge a really high amount. Some people who thought, who who saw our products almost as a threat to their living, you know. So um, there is a bit of that, you know. I mean, with the advent of. online training systems like plural site or linkedin learning people i mean a lot of people who did more traditional classroom training initially were very hesitant about online training yeah yeah probably they, saw it, they saw it as something that takes away what they do but in reality people still book classroom training it's, yeah it's still part of probably industry. probably is opportunity people to learn new more more stuff doesn't it in different wider variety of areas and yeah. etc so people have to learn to adapt mm. cool 
Okay. I'm glad we talked about that because criticism can be a pretty yeah. Harsh. No, just I, I think and put if you do get any criticism like that, just don't let it ruin your day. You know, I know it's easy to say, but you know, just think. You know, that's just. I bet we get a tidal wave of criticism about the show. Yeah, now. probably now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the um, way, we, pro- we were perhaps asking for it, but uh, no, um, no. If we do, if we do, we won't let it get to us. It, yeah. won't, it won't ruin our day. I can assure you that. Not now, anyway. But it might might have done like ten years ago if I'd had that criticism. But I think now, I would, yeah, I would just roll with it. Well, we're both a bit older. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can. We can Why, take it most of the world. Cool. Okay. Uh, Let's look at some recommendations. So, what have you got this week? Um, something I mentioned in, in the last episode. It's the um, what's it called? The Adweek Copywriting Handbook um, by Joe Sugarman or Joseph okay. Sugarman. And it's uh, back in the day. I, 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 I was published in two thousand six. I'd be older than that. So, look on Amazon, two thousand six. Yeah, it's probably probably it's, that's probably the reprint or something because right. I think a lot of the sort of the content is is about old print ads. So it's like um, this guy used to like do like print ads in newspapers for like CB radios or like um, okay. or like sunglasses or like um, calculators or electronic uh, digital watches and all this kind of stuff you know and it sort of explains the principles of writing a good sales copy um, so yeah I'd recommend it it's quite an interesting book though it's okay. a lot of it's in the psychology of, of you know that sounds quite interesting to, I'm going to add that to my wish list I think, I think a lot of the things still apply it's quite an old book a lot of the, the things still apply well these are things I need to do when I do the book launch mm. There'd be a lot of sales copy. Yeah, yeah, that might be useful actually because you could write like a sales pitch and you could use some of the tactics that he mentions and hmm. and uh, you know, like for example, what he says is the, you know, you have you, you the idea is that it that it, it draws you into the copy. So you read the first headline and then you read the sub the subheadline and then it reread the first two sentences and the idea of those those is just to drag you into the fir- reading further content basically. Okay. So it's like almost you're dragging the customer into the ad. So you're starting off with a hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess the hook is to maybe start starting off by stating a problem. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you have this problem? This problem can cause you this. This is how we can solve it. Yeah, is, is that the sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Be stuff like like uh, like that. Yeah, you have like a headline, you know, which will draw in the customers. They'll it'll get spike their curiosity, and then you have like a sub that perhaps explains a little bit more the benefits or whatever it is, and then obviously you go into, you know what it the, the meat of the product as you go down you know and it's just okay. a, the idea is each sentence is supposed to lead them on to that reading the next sentence so you're sort of like you know I might, have, might have to read that one because I'm going to have to do a whole load of sales copy uh, for, the, for the book launch website yeah yeah have, have, have a read actually I thought it was quite quite handy actually um, so that's my recommendation for this month other than that if you don't want to read that just uh, take time out and spend time with your family and friends and have a live as well <laughs> to occasionally do that don't, <laughs> don't read everything you'll do buy or read everything that we suggest because you know I want you to get out there and, and do other stuff as well but yeah no it's, it's worth a lot though cool but, I've added that to the wish list uh, okay so what's on your it does, doesn't, doesn't sound like the most thrilling book to read it, it's, it's a bit of a difficult read I mean what I did the way I read it was I, I kind of um, wrote like an ad at the same time as reading it so like just dump a load of content onto to a google doc and then just like okay. read the book and then sort of alter the document as i was as going you know to make it more palatable yeah cool um but yeah no, it was it, it wasn't an easy read so what's your recommendation then so mine is a writing tool that i've started switching over to called scrivener okay yeah. and so typically when i write books or scripts i tend to use microsoft word Actually, Microsoft Word is not actually that good of a piece of software. I mean, it works. It does, yeah, it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. But when you when you're trying to write a book, 
like certainly with the short guys, you just have this massive wall of text that goes on for like, you know, several hundred pages. And that can be quite hard just to wrap your head around sometimes. Yeah. So what I did when I started doing the Path to Freedom is I split it down so that each chapter was a separate word file. And that kind of helped split the problem down so you don't feel quite so overwhelmed when you're working on it. But there's a tool here called Scrivener, um, which I'd heard of, but I'd never really used it. And it's used by a lot of novelists. And what makes it good is it's, at its core, it's a word processor. But what it lets you do is it lets you split your, um, say you're doing a novel, I think it'd be easier to describe. So you're doing a novel, you might split it down into chapters. But then under each chapter, you might have different scenes, which will be a separate file, effectively. Okay. So as you click on a particular scene, it only shows you that bit of text. It doesn't show you all the text around it. Or if you click on the chapter, it shows you just the text from that chapter. So it's a really good way of um, breaking down the writing process to make it not feel quite so threatening when you're working on it. Mm. But it's also a really good research um, tool as well. So you, you have these different folders where you can just you know, dump in research notes that you're doing and it lets you structure oh, okay, it all really yeah, well. Yeah. So it's really good at organising. Well, you can relate those to a particular chapter or whatever, a section or whatever it is that you're working on. Or. Yeah. And then at the end of it, if you need to produce like a manuscript to go into a, a PDF or a Mobi file or even a paperback, it's... It's got these facilities which let it will basically handle all the formatting for you and actually compile the book for you okay. in different versions. So if you're sending it off to an editor, you might want to send it with double line spacing, for example. Okay. Yeah. It lets you do that. Or if you're producing a six by nine standard, you know, Amazon style paperback book, it'll format it all in that correct format for you. Oh, okay. So a good way of describing it, and I know we have a lot of software developers listening, so if you imagine you've got to think something like Visual Studio, which is your integrated development environment for producing code, this is very much like an integrated development environment for writers. Writers, yeah. Because it lets yeah. you compile the final, it's, it's not code, it's, it's prose, mm. but it lets you compile the final thing. And I've just found it really, really liberating to work that way. So I started moving the whole Path to Freedom manuscript into Scrivener, and okay, sort of breaking yeah. it all down, because I think it's just, I'm finding the whole editing process with it a lot simpler. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then I'm hoping that I can do the final typesetting version of it actually through, through this tool itself. Is it is it like a web app or a desktop? Oh. It's desktop. Um, is there screenshots here that I can load up? It's a desktop app, so it's on macOS and it's on Windows. And there's um, an iPad version as well, which is really good, which is as, as full-featured as the desktop okay. one. And you can obviously work between the two. Yeah. And it's not that expensive either, compared to Word anyway. So it's £47, and I think that's like a lifetime wow. license. That's good then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I use it for Mac OS. You can get an educational license as well, so if you work in an academic institution or you're a yeah, student, student yeah. you can that's good, actually, get, it, yeah. get it for like 40 quid. So it's not, it's not expensive, but it's just a really, really helpful tool. It's one of those tools where you can just use it as a word processor or you can really, really dig in deep. It's got loads of scary settings of all sorts of crazy stuff which I've not even yeah, cool. not even looked at yet. That's cool. Yeah, one day, one day I would like to, I don't really have the time at the moment, but one day I'd like to write a book, you know, or, or write books, you know, it'd be nice. Um, it's not something I'm natural at, you know, like even writing, you know, I was about writing the ad copy, even though it was quite painful for me, you know, but. The trick is, I say it's down to effective outlining. Yeah, starting yeah. out of an outline and then sort of building the book that way that's, that's how I build all my stuff and courses as well like a skeleton of an outline you know like a yeah, like there's a body you know like a skeleton and you build out from that uh, effectively know. it is yeah I mean uh, I think 
I did an episode on this a little while ago, but you know, you might start off with like chapter headings, which are like your H1 headings. And then you think, well, in this chapter, what do I want to talk about? Well, they're your, your second level headings. Yeah. So for that second level heading, what do I want to talk about here? Well, I've got five different things I can talk about here. And so you, you kind of build it up. Then you start adding notes to each of those subheadings. Oh, okay, and build it out. Then you add yeah. more research notes and links and stuff. But by the time you finish that outline, you've probably done 70% of the work. Okay. Because yeah. you know yeah. what you're going to say. Because yeah. you've outlined it, then you just have to go and write the text. Oh, really? Yeah, it makes sense. But at that point, because you know what you're doing, you know what you're going to write, writing the text is actually a lot straightforward. Yeah, because you know, you know where you're going, yeah. So I'll do a technique, once I've outlined it, I'll do a technique called fast drafting, where you literally at that point, you write the thing as quickly as you can. You don't edit, you don't fix anything, it'll be utter crap, but you just write it. Mm. Then once you've done that, you can then go back and start editing it and fixing grammar and. Yeah, I think that's like it. When, even with that, that ad book, it said, like, just basically dump a load of stuff onto a page, you know, and then then refine and then edit it, you know. Yeah. That's the hard part. Pretty much every book writer says the first thing you need to do is just get it written. Get your first draft. No one apart from you is ever going to see your first draft. Yeah, yeah. Because it, 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 it will be rubbish. Yeah, and then but just refine it. You've yeah. got something to work on. Yeah, that's probably the way to go, isn't it? I think it's just starting sometimes the hard bit, isn't it? Absolutely. So, Scrivener, fantastic tool. Um, it used to be Mac only, but it's now uh, on Windows as well. I got it. So they do not discriminate. <laughs> <laughs> I have been known to use Windows. So yeah, just a fantastic tool, well worth looking at. Okay, so with that, I think that's another, that's another episode one, in yeah. the can. Yeah, so yeah, get out there and don't don't be phased by criticism. Don't yeah. let it ruin don't, your don't day. Don't take it personally. Yeah, don't. If it's if somebody's been a jerk, that's that's their problem, not yours. You know, just crack on with what you're doing. Keep, keep doing the good stuff that you do. Absolutely. Okay. See you next time. I can see you, bye. Bye.